You can't fulfill God's purpose in your life by yourself. You need other people in your life. If, if God, if the vision in your life is small enough that you can do on your own, God's called you to a bigger vision than that. Does that make sense? That's that verse two or better than one because they have a good return for their labor. In, in, in layman's terms, they get more done <laughs> if there's two working together. Amen? Amen? All right, so that's just a few reasons that we need deep friendships. And I think we all know that we need deep friendships. I think that's something that we all long for. And some of us have uh, a, a few, uh, you know, a best friend or some good deep friendships, but um, we can always build on those. So how... Do we do that? Where do we get friends like that? How do we build and develop those friendships? How do we have wisdom when it comes to um, our relationships with other people? And I think um, Jesus' words, he could say all sorts of things, but I think Jesus' words get us a long way in that task. Uh, when he said in Matthew 7, 12, at the end of the ser- uh, near the end of the Sermon on the Mount, said, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Everyone heard of the golden rule? Yeah, did you know Jesus said that? <laughs> Not just like your kindergarten teacher taught you. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. That's at that time when he's speaking, that's his way of saying this sums up the Bible. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Give to other people what you'd like to receive. Be the friend to someone else that you wish you had. Does that make sense? Be the type of friend that you wish you had. I think there's this idea that's pervasive in the world that says you can attract what you want. If If you want to attract something, you just have to want it enough. Anyone ever heard of The Secret? Right? You just have to envision it, you see it, and you will attract what you want. But I think there's a practical reality where you're more likely to attract what you are. You're more likely, oof, I heard it right there. <laughs> oof, right? No, but if you're a bitter person, guess who's going to be attracted to you? Yeah, bitter people. If you're a shallow person, are you... You have shallow friendships. What kind of friendships are going to come around you? Shallow. If you're warm and love, if you ever meet people who are just really warm and loving and you meet their friends, what are they usually like? Warm and loving. There's an aspect to where how do we build deep friendships? It's by being the kind of friend that we would like to have. And not just waiting on that kind of friend to come into our life, but showing other people how to be that kind of friend. Does that make sense? We're just getting real nitty and gritty and just down to nuts and bolts practical. Is that all right this morning? Yeah. All right, cool. I almost just misspoke and I don't know what I would have said. <laughs> so what I want to do is uh, just give us a few points, three principles in particular that can help guide our way um, into building deeper friendships. And then I want to close with uh, just talking about uh, the ultimate friend. And these principles can be something that you can maybe look at your friendships right now and evaluate them. It can be like an evaluative guide, like how am I doing at this or that? 
or it could be, they could be building blocks to, uh, to looking, looking for and building good friendships. All right? So the first one, be constant. Be constant. Some of the verses we read earlier from Proverbs, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. The Proverbs is kind of hinting at your family is going to be there, right? Your brother is going to be there. If you're in trouble, right, you may not like your brother or your sister, but they're going to be there for you. There's, those, there's that connection. There's that love. There's those memories. There's I'm going to be there for my brother. But there's something special about a friend. And it's amazing that even in Proverbs, it's hinting that there's something about the love of a friend that can be even better and even closer than a sibling, which is huge when it's written in a culture that was all family first. To say, a friend loves at all times and a brother's there for when it's hard. A friend loves at all times. High times, low times, doesn't mean they're always with you, like that funny verse that we read. (laughs) Don't don't go to their house too much and they'll hate you. (laughs) No, but a a friend loves you at all times, whether you're going through something great or whether you're going through something horrible. Proverbs 18, 24, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There's something unique about friendship that can be better than even a sibling. Some people say friends are the family you get to choose. It's a big deal for these verses to be written in this culture. But what do I mean by be constant? I just mean be there. Invest time into your friends. Physically be there with them. You know, deep friendships aren't accidental. You don't just wake up one day and be like, man, you're my best friend. (laughs) They're not accidental. You don't just happen into them. They're not instant. If they are, I don't know if I'd trust that as much. (laughs) Right? You got to be a little bit wary, right? Deep friendships aren't accidental. They're not instant. And they're not cheap. They take time. They cost time. They cost investing your time into people, being there. And especially this, this verse 1824 we just read, a man of many companions may come to ruin. Think of that in a term, companions. Most of the people in your life you know because they're of some use to you a lot of times. Don't be offended by that. <laughs> Everyone else in your life, they, they know people because they're useful. They can help you. Maybe they can help you know somebody, or maybe they can help you in business, or maybe they can help you learn. But you can tell a true friend because they're there when you're not useful to them. Does that make sense? When things are falling apart. A man of many companions may fall to ruin, but there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. That's how you can tell the difference between a friend and an acquaintance. That when the chips are down, they're there and they're saying, I'm here for you. When the chips are down, the acquaintance can say, let me know if I can do anything, and the friend is there. That make sense? One of, the, one of the best and first things we can do to build good friendships is to have that constant availability. To be there, to invest time, to build trust. You guys know that trust is earned, Right? Trust is earned. If you have someone in your life right now and you don't trust them, they're not your friend. 
But you can build that trust. You can build that trust by being reliable. You can show up when you say you're going to show up. You can be loyal and by keeping a secret when they, keeping their confidence when they um, tell you something in confidence. All right, so be constant. Second one, be caring. Be caring. A few, a few scriptures for this. Romans 12, 15 says this. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Actually, let me read it again. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Proverbs 25, 20 says this. Like one who takes away a garment on a cold day or like vinegar being poured on a wound is one who sings songs to a heavy heart. It means sing songs of celebration. Does that, does that make sense? Here's another one, Proverbs 26, 18. Like a maniac shooting flaming arrows of death. I love the imagery here. <laughs> like a maniac shooting flaming arrows of death is one who deceives their neighbor and says, I was only joking. I was just kidding with you. All right? What am I saying on this point, be caring? I'm saying be emotional, like friendship is unique in that you have that emotional attachment. And you can tell that you're building a deep friendship when, when you're going through something that's really hard and your friend has a hard time pushing through what they're doing because they're there for you. Does that make sense? There's a, there's a relating that happens that, that is unique to friendship. What do I mean by caring? I just mean, are you out of touch with your friend's reality? Or are you in touch with what they're going through? Does that make sense? Being emotionally vulnerable. Being able to um, share the pain with people and meet people where they are and also share the joys and the successes with people and celebrate with them. A few months ago, um, I, was, I was at my house and uh, Vince and Ramiro were there, and we were about to have a meeting, and I got a call that you never want to get, you, ne- you never your whole life want to get, and my cousin had died um, suddenly, and I just remember, my parents were telling me, and I went to the other room, and I just was weeping and crying, and, and you know, it's a, it's a very emotional time when anyone close to you passes, and um, I don't know, I must have been in the other room for 15 minutes. I didn't tell them where I was going. I didn't tell them what was happening on the phone call. I think they heard me probably crying through the other room. And when I came out of the living room, they weren't on Facebook. (laughs) They weren't telling a joke. They weren't even just getting work done. They had been praying for me. They didn't even know what I was going through. I walked out and they just both hugged me and just started praying for me. I couldn't even tell them what had happened yet. That's an example. That's an example of caring, of listening with empathy, of having that emotional vulnerability, of being there and walking through the trials that people have. True friendship has that emotional vulnerability. It has that, uh, has that quality to it. Another part of caring is celebrating wins and, and sharing losses. There's a quote that says, when you, have deep, when you have good friendships, your joys in life are doubled and your sorrows are cut in half. 
Your joys in life are doubled because you have someone to share them with and your sorrows are cut in half. If you only learn to celebrate when something good is happening in your life, you're going to be unhappy most of your life. So I don't know about you guys. Good things don't happen to me every day. <laughs> I mean, maybe, yes, there's good things that happen to me every day, but not like big, like, bi- I mean, I eat, I breathe. Those are good. These are all good things. The grace of God, yes. But you're not going to have these huge monumental things. Your life is not just one um, ecstasy after another, just amazing experiences. No, if you only celebrate when good things are happening to you, you're going to be unhappy most of your life. But if you learn to celebrate with other people when good things happen to them, you're never going to run out of reasons to celebrate. Because God's always doing something great in somebody's life that you know. And you can be happy. If you can, be lear- if you can learn to be happy with them, you're going to be happy. Amen? Amen? You guys aren't used to me going this quick. I'm going to the third one. All right. <laughs> all right. So you got to pay attention. It's going quick today, all right? All right. So be constant. Be caring. And third point, be candid. Be candid. The dictionary uh, definition of candor or candid is to be truthful, straightforward, frank. doesn't mean you have to be named Frank, but be truthful and straightforward. That's part of being a friend. Telling the truth, believe it or not, yeah, no, I was candid. Telling the truth is part of being a friend. You know why they call it candid camera? Because you're not posed. You didn't pose for the picture. You're natural. The picture doesn't lie. There's no pretense. There's no, I don't, you know, you don't know someone's looking. You're just telling the truth. If you're going to be a real friend, you got to tell the truth. Does anyone know that? You got to tell the truth even when you're scared to tell the truth. You got to tell the truth that your friend needs to hear, not because you're excited to tell them, but because they need to hear it. There's a verse here, Proverbs 25, sorry, 27, verses 5 through 6. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. Uh, The King James says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. You got, you, when you look at these verses, there's, there's two parallels. Better's open rebuke is related to when a friend tells you what you need to hear. And then the other one, then hidden love, is an enemy. It's the same as an enemy that's multiplying kisses. Saying when you're friends with someone and you're not willing to tell them the truth they need to hear, it's just as bad as Judas. You're betraying your friend with a kiss. It's hidden love. You're saying, oh, I love them too much to tell them this. No, that's not really what's going on. It's I love me too much to put me through that. (laughs) If you really love someone, you have to be candid. You have to be truthful and straightforward. You have to tell them what they need to hear. Amen? Amen. Anyone grow up? I grew up watching way too much TV. (laughs) 
I don't know, I kind of, it's one of the regrets of my life. <laughs> uh, look back to school age, I just watched too much TV. But um, I, I know probably a lot of people around, around the same age or you have spent time watching the show Friends. All right, or you've spent time, usually it's divided between a lot of people watch Seinfeld and they hated Friends or people watch Friends and hated Seinfeld. My, uh, my wife, Hannah, has a theory about if you had older siblings, which show you grew up watching. And, well, it's, it's a very detailed theory. It's been pretty accurate so far. But I grew up watching Friends a little bit, and lately it's been on Netflix, and I've been rewatching it. And first of all, I was like, whoa, this show is really not wholesome. Like, was not, but I, and my hope was like, man, I hope this didn't influence me that much when I watched it the first time around 10 or 15 years ago, right? But secondly, I just, you just, you, you see all sorts of things kind of showing up, at, and um, you, you see that the friendships that they have, there's a level of it where they're not really being real, because there's this, there's this reluctance to tell other people the truth that they need to hear because it's like, well, what would they feel? You know, as long as they're happy, I'm not going to tell them, right? What would, they, what would they think if I told them the truth about this? And I've seen it over and over. Much of the tension in the show comes from that, not wanting to tell a friend something because of how it might make them feel. For example, Phoebe is a musician. That's loose use of the word musician, right? But if you've never seen the show, she plays guitar, and she sings all original songs, and she's got this one called Smelly Cat. Smelly Cat, what are they feeding you? It's not your fault. It's a really mo- one of the moving songs of our generation, right? But if you watch the show, the friends will always, they'll go to her shows, and none of them like the way she sings. None of them think she's any good, but they never tell her that. Whenever she like finishes, oh yeah, that was great. And they're like, oh gosh, right? themselves they're not helping her they're not helping her by doing that proverbs 29 5 says those who flatter their neighbors are spreading nets for their feet you're not helping someone by flattering them you're actually hurting them because they're not going to have that opportunity to grow or change or even have that discussion or know that they need to grow a few more verses on this. Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. I don't know um, much about sharpening iron, but I know it's not a real gentle process. <laughs> As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. At least it's not always a gentle process. Proverbs 28, 23 says this. Whoever rebukes a person will in the end gain favor rather than the one who has a flattering tongue. So in the long run, which if you want deep friendships, that's what you should be concerned about is the long run. It's going to be better to wound a person with what they need to hear in order to let them wound themselves because they don't know the truth. Does that make sense? Good a friend is not afraid to tell you the words you need to hear. Here's the thing. There's a balance to that too. You can't go around all day like, hey, these wounds are going to be faithful, man. You need, 
God's going to wound you and he's going to use me in my words right now. You can't, you can't just let loose with that. There's a, there's a mixture. There's a balance. There's a letting in. There's a, there's a accepting that people have flaws. Did you know that you need to accept some people's flaws? All the spouses are like giving me the mean, mean mugging right now, man. Like, what? I have to... There's some things that, there's some, all right. God's always using us to shape and change each other, right? But there's other things that it's not a sin and it just annoys you and you just need to accept it if they're going to be your friend. You need to get over it. Be like, I love them in spite of this huge flaw that's horrible and I would never do, right? But if you're going to build a friendship, you've got to accept that. So there's a balance to that. And then on the other end, if God's put something on your heart or if you're seeing your friend walk through something that you know is not in line with God's word and God's will for your life, you need to say something. Otherwise, you're flattering them. You're betraying them with your kisses. Does that make sense? And in the, better, in, in, in the long run, it's going to be helpful and they're going to favor you more. And if they don't, then you're not going to want that type of friend anyways. If they can't handle it. letting that drop for a second. One way to sum this up is a good friend will always let you in and will never let you down. They're always going to let you into what they're feeling. They're going to feel for you. They're going to be caring. They're also going to let you into what they're thinking and how they see it and what they've been through. They're going to be candid and tell the truth. A good friend will always let you in and will never let you down. They're going to be there for you. They're going to be constant. They're going to be constantly available for you. And when we get a picture of this kind of friendship, you're really starting to look at the kind of like the ideal friend. There's so many other things we could talk about, but sermon's not that long. And we can, we can walk those out together in community. But when you look at this, you see a picture of the ideal friend, and you're probably feeling, as I begin to feel, uh, a couple of different things, but one of them is just a feeling of longing because we want that type of friend. And maybe even though we already have a best friend that does a lot of that, we don't find that we always have all the friends that our hearts need. And the culture we live in, people move. It's almost like people move or we move. Our friends get taken from us quicker than we can even build them. And so there's this longing of like, I know that that's a good friendship and I want to do that and I want to have that, but I need more of it. And then secondly, there's probably a bit of it that's crushing because I don't know about you guys, but are there times where you haven't been there for a friend? Are there times where you totally biffed it? (laughs) When your friend was like going through something horrible and you're like, yeah, dude, I just caught the biggest wave. (laughs) They're like, oh. Whatever it may be. Are Are there times when... You knew you needed to tell them the truth about something, but you just couldn't bring yourself to do it. Tell the truth. Have you ever done that? All right. So there's kind of that expectation that can be crushing in it. And, the, and, and it leads us to think, where are we going to get the power to be the friend that we need to be in order to have the friends that we need to have? Where does that come from? And uh, as I'm wrapping up, I do want to read a, a, a portion of scripture from John 15, 
chapter 12 through 15. It's the night before Jesus died. And he's trying to explain to his disciples the importance of what he's about to do. We get to read it. We get to see the whole story. We get to see what Jesus did and we, we get to talk about it every Sunday explaining what he did on the cross and what he accomplished with the cross. This is the night before Jesus died and the disciples, even though they've heard it, they don't know the story. They don't know how it's all going to play out. And Jesus is just trying to, to convey to them, this is how important what I'm about to do is. And he says this, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. <clears throat> Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. See, he's letting them in. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I've made known to you. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this that a man laid down his life for his friends. And when Jesus says that, all of a sudden, all of history can be explained and understood in terms of friendship. Jesus saying, I'm about to lay down my life for my friends. But if you go back even to before creation, God is a friendship. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, constantly knowing one another, constantly loving one another. And as he, God creates, he invited us into relationship and friendships and made us for friendships with himself and with other people. Yeah. In Genesis 3, God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. And the Hebrew metaphor, when he's walking with them, that's a Hebrew metaphor for friendship. God was friends with Adam and Eve, and he made them for that friendship. And we humans turned on God. We read about it in Genesis 3, but the rest of the Bible through. We turn on God, we betrayed him. And what happens when a friend betrays you? You normally turn away from them too, right? Yeah. 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 But not Jesus. Jesus is saying, I'm the ultimate friend. I love you at all times. I'm born for times of adversity. I'll be there for you at the ultimate cost for myself. I will invest in you so you won't be ruined and fall apart when the chips are down. My wounds are the wounds of love. And instead of inflicting you, I've taken them on myself. When Jesus was on the cross, he lost his friendship with God so that we could be friends with God. How much more constant, how much more caring, how much more candid can you be than Jesus on the cross? Not only telling us that our sin was that great, but telling us that his love was so great for us to take those wounds of a friend, take our wounds on himself. Jesus will always let you in and he will never let you down. And if you know him as the ultimate friend, that liberates you to be the friend that you need to be to other people. Does that make sense? You don't, you're going to be free from needing their approval because he's approved you. You won't be scared to tell the truth to your friends because the truth has set you free from that fear. You'll be free to love others, as Jesus said, how he loves you. And when Jesus is your best friend, 
you're going to be freed up to be a great friend so that in turn you can have and build those deep friendships in your life. Amen? That's the power that we have in Christ to build friendships is not even something from our own, but because of the grace of God. We can have grace towards others. We can accept flaws and also rebuke when it's needed. We can call out people to the truth. We can sacrifice more than we could without knowing God's grace because he gave up everything so that we could be friends with God. Amen? Amen. All right, I want to pray, and then we're going to have a a time of uh, response. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for uh, just a beautiful... God, it's beyond words, your grace for us on the cross. God, when our minds think about the radical love, the radical friendship that that goes even beyond our own knowledge of friendship that you gave to us, God, it truly is amazing. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would open our eyes today, open our hearts to see that you truly are the ultimate friend to us. God, if there are people here today who are lonely and do not know that love and do not know that grace, I pray that today they would begin a relationship with you by knowing your forgiveness for them and knowing that you uh, died for their sins and that you were buried and that you rose again to walk in newness of life and to promise that life to us, God. I pray for those of us who are here, who have trusted in your grace and have uh, known your forgiveness and known your friendship. God, I pray that um, instead of being burdened down by the weight of what it means to build a good friendship, God, I pray that we would be liberated by how well you've been our friend. That, that you've not only given us the model for friendship, but you've given us the power by your spirit to obey this, to walk this out, God. And what a special, unique thing you've given us as Christians, Lord, to to build friendships now. And that we can worship you together into eternity, Lord. We love you and we thank you. Thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.